the rules have changed. In a single generation, revolutions in technology have transformed the way we live, work, and do business. That we are actually doing it, you know, that we are not dreaming about it. We are a response. We are an answer. We go together. place in Nashville I got a little spare room next to my room and so I put a little office in there and so of course on the wall I get to hang my degree when I look up at it you know other than being reminded of the the crippling debt that it takes to get a college degree in the US um, I'm reminded of the fact that I was a global studies major so I got to study globalization its more deleterious effects and issues and also how we've come to be so connected and to know so much about our neighbors very far away. One of those issues that comes up though is the fact that sometimes we don't understand our neighbors and I get to discuss that in depth this week with our guest Ghana Temko. Ghana is the founder and CEO of SESO. SESO is an API that she hopes will help people find a way to make their voice more palatable. It's an interesting concept and an interesting topic and I can't wait for you to hear Ghana talk more about it. So this week, we go together podcast. Ghana, Timco. All right, Ghana. Thanks so much for sitting down with me. I appreciate your time, and I want you to do most of the talking and kind of dominate the conversation. So, if you'd like to start us off, just tell us who you are, where you're from, and what it is that you do. First of all, let me start with saying thank you for having. Me. My name is Ghana Timko. I'm a founder and CEO of SESO. Uh, and at SESO, we use technology to make accents easier to understand. I was born in Ukraine, uh, raised in Poland. I'm a child of Ukrainian immigrant to Poland. Um, I saw how accent really shaped interactions my mom had, so I had exposure to this very early on. And as I'd grown up, I had a travel bag in my jeans deeply down there, and I went to have a very international career. I worked in seven countries. I lived in four of them. And I, yes, I was working between two continents. Um, so I, I, my work is very closely connected to my career because I work with accents, and my, my startup is about accents, but... All my professional career, I saw how people struggle with accents and how it impacts their productivity uh, and upward mobility. And I wanted to solve all of this with technology. So here we go. This is where we are. Okay, so you, you mentioned that you lived in seven countries. You or worked in seven countries, lived in four. This has been kind of a developing theme with folks that we sit down with, these very international and transient stories all around the globe. So how do you end up? bouncing around for, to seven different countries for work and then living in four? Yeah, so I had most of my professional career in consulting. So doing management consulting, usually you do something for large corporations. And it happens that you do something that is for international connected divisions. 
or if you can do something that enables some parts of the company to improve on, on, on particular KPIs, on particular productivity metrics. So you do get sent around a lot, especially if you talk, speak English. In Europe, we get better with English, so younger generation is, is like really doing better. I'm 40, so in my generation, like being able to speak English was like really something good, and it, it, it just made me go places with work. Got you. So I know, you know, you've got the uh, the immigrant background of your folks, you know, moving from Ukraine to Poland and then coming up in Poland. And now you've arrived in the U.S. to build say so. So through this consulting career and this experience of, of a global lifestyle, how do you arrive at I need to help people with their accents? You know, I came here to U.S. about eight years ago and uh, here at the beginning I was working um as a consultant for a very large technological company. I did a big consulting project for them. And then I summarized it with a video. And they really liked the video. It was supposed to be shown to their like high leadership management team. They didn't want to change anything about the content, but they didn't like my voice. And I asked them why don't why do they not like it? And they said, well, you know, you have accent. It's not very suitable for this audio. And I was looking for something to fix my accent, so to speak. And I looked for something online and I couldn't find anything that could do it automatically. So I started thinking deeper about the problem of the accent and how people really have a difficult time understanding it and, and they frankly don't like it. And I saw that I thought that it, it it would be so much easier if I had something that would make my speech clearer during my calls if I had something that could work in real time. And then it, it seemed like a light bulb moment. So I was like really excited about this idea, but um, I, I didn't trust fully just my idea alone. So I went on and I did a lot of user to be interviews. So I asked my colleagues from international teams and I asked my colleagues who were native and non-native speakers and to get very early feedback. And people really loved the idea of real-time accent transformation. And I went on and I expanded my group. So I was working on making it statistically significant and like understanding how people deal with this problem and what they want from the solution. And because I had such a positive feedback on this, it really prompted me to start building the technology. And, and technology is, is very complex and new. So it, it, it was a lot of hard work, but um, just knowing that people want this product and waiting for this product to be live and released actually kept me going at it. So that that's like a story in a short, yeah, like short speed through fashion. <laughs> yeah. So I've, I've seen the press and the things about Say So, and I read your TechCrunch article and a couple other pieces I saw. So can you give me a more detailed breakdown of how it actually works? Because when I hear that you have software that can correct an accent. I'm not sure of how that process works, but yours is a little bit more unique than just regular voice recognition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I will not be able to tell you like very deep details because the technology is proprietary and greenfield and uh, we, we filed some patents, but we're working on filing more. So I will just give you a high level overview of this. If you think of the speech in a very organic way, how it is created. So when we speak, like speech originates in deep vocal tract like larynx and diaphragm so in your tummy 
and uh, this sound wave is relatively simple. It's a, it's a simply shaped sound wave, and it represents your voice and your emotional content that you carry. This signal is getting passed through your throat, and it goes to your mouth, and in your mouth, your mouth shape and mouth movements shape your articulatory gestures. Those are speech sounds and your accent. And then this sound wave resembles features of your voice and intonation. So it's generally, it's, it's the same shape sound wave, but it has much more complexity because of different vibrations made by sounds of the speech. And what we do with our technology is we take this sound wave, we, we work directly with sound wave, we don't do anything with speech to text, and we separate those parts that are representing voice and intonation from those parts that are representing actual speech and accents. And we alter, we can alter each component separately. So we operate on those speech sounds only, and we can change them, and then we can recombine the original information, voice and intonation, with those speech sounds, to still keep you sounding you, but just adding something to, to change your accent. So we, we yeah, th this is how we do it. I hope it's it's relatively clear in this explanation. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of like an augmentation rather than, you know, a, a full editing of the person's voice. It, it's really just additional. It is exactly that. So it, it is augmentation because we want people to sound like themselves. We don't want people to sound anything different than they are. We just want that, um, to empower them to get this extra clarity um, component so, so other people can understand them with ease. Or, or our users could also use our technology to change third-party accent, if they're having troubles understanding their interlocutors, they can change this using technology just to just just to make it a little bit more clear. Yeah. So, so I love what you just said a moment ago, something to the effect of this is an augmentation to empower people. We still want people to feel like themselves. When I was reading about Say So and everything, I wonder how some people would feel about the, the notion maybe of their accent being changed to become more suitable. So was that pushback that you received at any point and how did you handle that? This is like really, really important point. And I think what what, what I received sometimes is that people misunderstood like the intention behind this or what we're actually doing. So like there is not no thing like a wrong or right accent. And I really be want to be quoted on this if we can. So like, every single one of us has accent and this this is just the way we speak. So like it varies from person to person. There are multiple dialects in each language, it varies geographically. So like in US, for example, you have southern accent, you have New York accent, you know, like some Californian shades, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And every single person has their own way of talking. What we're working here, the problem we're solving is speech intelligibility. And intelligibility is a very, very subjective thing. What is the easiest for our brain to understand is what is most familiar. If I live, for example, all my life in New Zealand, and I hear New Zealand accent day in and day out, this is the easiest accent for me to understand. The same for, for people in India, for example, the local accent is the easiest to understand. And maybe second best can be, for some people, British English. 
and then maybe after that can be U.S. English. And um, again, it varies from individual to individual. It would be like a gross over exaggeration to say that it's for everybody in this country. This this is a particular way. What we want to do is to give people choices of how they want to hear other people. And if they have in collaboration, for example, with people from, say, Ireland, we want to empower them to choose to have accent which sounds closer to Irish version, so can, they can have better human connection with the person they're talking to, they can do more business together, and they can be faster in their conversations, so, so things get better for both parties. This is exactly what we do, and this is the aim of these technologies. Gotcha. So with the, the sales and, you know, the growth of your company, where are you having the most success with SESO as a technology? Is there a particular industry or a particular cohort of people, your own kind of community you've built around it? Who takes to it the best? Yeah, so we, we see like really uh, a lot of interest coming from two sectors. So one is this very easy and obvious to say. So like call centers, offshore call centers. Yes, like the because this can improve speed of operation. So if you have a clear communication, you can finish the conversation faster. So you, you actually have tangible savings in time and productivity. Also, people can close more deals and, and um, you know, people are more uh, open to give their personal information or credit card information if they hear like similarity in the accent of the person they're talking to. Unfortunately, it's, it's a very unfortunate, it's a science that that people are two and a half times less likely to give their personal information to person with the accent they don't understand. So this is like a one segment of customers. Another segment of customers is, is teams and basically software providers for connectivity, for team calls. So in this, this part of the market, they think of say so as accessibility tool. So they think about listen mode more than anything else. So they, they, they think about it as, as helping people understand others. With The other sector which we see some interest, and this is really exciting, is um, speech recognition. Accent also creates a gap for smart devices and speech technology. And speech technology is not very smart yet. It, it's actually getting smarter as we talk, but it, it's, it's still not very smart. And then because there are so many variations of speakers and, and uh, dialects and accents, it's also difficult for speech technologies. So there is a big potential in, in, in this use case, how we can bridge a uh, gap in accent speech recognition, because our technology can be spe speaker specific and customized. So it, it, we can achieve best performance on person's voice um, and person's way of talking. So like our technology can learn this person's speech and it could be smarter as the person talks. So like can be very, very customized. That's, that's also exciting. So throughout this process, the, uh, the build and, you know, being operational now, what's been the biggest challenge and what's been your greatest success? Yeah. So like the, I want to say clearly where we are. So we are putting everything together. We have all different components of this technology. Uh, right now we are sampling this into like a working API and we already have customers. We really big customers. <laughs> we, we we signed to for them to buy this and and use this. So that this this is exciting. But we're still not live. So we're gonna be live in fall. Uh, planning for very early fall, end of summer, early fall. So like stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. So th this is the timeline. I, I'm not sure I got the rest of the question right. 
No, that was perfect. Yeah. I just wanted to know where you are and what's the process been like, but what's been good or bad about it? You know, what's been the best success and then what's been the, the hardest thing to deal with? It's, this question has a lot of complexity. So there are there are things that are easy and difficult all along for being entrepreneur. So like there are things that are to do with startup dynamics and how do you fund your company? How do you find the team and how do you get investments and how do you get customers? And then like there is separate realm of difficulty and joys and, and travels with building technology actually. So I can talk to each of them. I, I think like for me personally, like, really the most important thing in being entrepreneur and building companies actually like having people who are capable and talented so like the team is everything and really like finding right people and uh, making environment where people can thrive they can be creative they can collaborate and feel good about it they, they can also feel good about what they're doing and what they're building it's like a really crucial thing for success second part is is really that for me personally, as a founder and for my team, it's important that we identify with the problem we're solving. And then this is to some degree personal or relatable to each of us. So we really understand what is it that we're doing, why we're doing it. And then like, I think also like super important is to talk to customers. So everybody on the team knows what are the pain points of the customer. So nobody, like no matter what level they are, like that nobody's left out of those conversations so they have like a real life feedback on on what is going on on the ground and like how our product helps help or doesn't help frankly so like people need to know that so like creating a culture of, of high performance and finding good people and also just creating a culture of collaboration and um yeah collaboration and i think enjoyment in work it, it's, it's it's like something that is ongoing task and always a project and like needs to be always cultivated um so that that's like ups and downs in here and like sometimes we hire a wrong person and then like they're not happy and they cannot do what they, we hope they would do so like like letting go of people is like the most difficult thing honestly like i i'm not you know like i feel good in anything else like hard negotiations bring it on like you know, competitors, yes. But like, I really don't enjoy letting go people. And like, that's, that's, I don't know, like this, this is not enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. So in your answer, you kind of told me that, you know, building the team is at once the most important part of this and the most complicated and the most difficult. So your successes and the difficulties have kind of all been wrapped around the team. Am I right? It's always about people, honestly. Like, you, it depends who you find, who's, 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 like, who, what brains are working on this. How can they perform? You know, like, how do they communicate with each other? Like, all successes or failures were brought by the team, and like, this thing is made by the team of people for the people who are users. So, like, the people is like the most important thing in anything we do. And anything right. I do, at least for me. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we're a, we're a small team over here, you know, myself, Miles and TJ, and then a handful of advisors. But we, we always say we have a village around us of people that are industry adjacent or people that just know us and, and care about what we're doing and support us. So who's the village around you? What's the community of your team and your industry and your area like for you? Yeah, so like, again, ups and downs, like, 
uh, finding your village is taking time and effort and like you have to be intentional. So like, I have a couple of advisors that, that are smart and supportive. And I think like this combination of smart, supportive and well connected is like really crucial at this early stage. So I've been fortunate to have uh, a couple advisors which, who are like who are exactly that for me. And then I had a couple advisors who were good, but then we parted ways because our priorities were different or our ideas were different. So I'm grateful to them for help they gave me as, as well. I'm finding, right now I'm finding actually community of, of female advisors and female entrepreneurs. And I'm building this intentionally around me. I want more of that. And, um, you know, especially I, I've, I found one fellow entrepreneur, her name is Green Lord, and he, she's been like really, she's she's building a company called Empathic. Um, she's been very helpful and she has been nothing but a great spirit and, and um, cheerleader. So that's nice, it's awesome. Like peer support and peer advice is, is, is I think also pretty important in what you do. Oh, yeah. I came from a I came from a collegiate background where I studied uh, international and global studies, right? So the culture and society and movements of the planet, and in you know studying globalization and how people are becoming more and more connected, you realize hurdles like our neighbors don't sound like us, and then deeper than that, the economic and professional and industrial effects of the world being connected don't really get spread evenly to everyone. Some people benefit at a way higher rate than others and others suffer at a way higher rate. So with this difficulty of being able to communicate those issues with one another, where do you see SESO fitting into that? Are you more on the industrial side of let's make commerce more accessible? Or is this also a civilian tool for people to just communicate with their neighbors? I think it's both. I think it's like, I, I really started this from a civilian tool, from like having like, helping people to communicate clearly and understand each other with ease and this is what people told me that they want to do and like i spoke to for example so many doctors that said they have hard time understanding their patients or they told me they have hard time understanding that their patients don't understand what they say so like i spoke to one very prominent pediatric oncologist and he's from spain He's here in the U.S. He's been here for over 20 years. He has amazing programs for children. Uh, he has a very thick accent. And he told me that those conversations with patients get very emotional. And he's trying his best to accommodate it as a human being, as a doctor. And then when accent gets in the way of explaining and those parents don't understand something, sometimes they try to ask follow-up questions. That that's like a really big problem for him. So like I I was kind of talking to people like him just like when I started building say so like th this has been at the core of what I think is a good use case. But like also, you know I, when I think about people in India, you know, which are really like hired by call centers and don't get like a light of the day for like shining with their skills. Sometimes they like all like college educated with like master's degrees and like sometimes they don't get access to those amazing opportunities that people in the US have and like opportunities could be like much more evenly distributed and I think also about Africa where people are better and better educated and they also don't get those opportunities like I think like my god it sucks I, I really want to improve this 
So like my my intention for building SESO was just improving like well-being and access to upward mobility. And then obviously like there are business use cases where it can be picked up and like there can be like tangible money saved or made on on in productivity also in, in doing more business. So like I think it's totally both. So with SESO, is this your first you know venture on your own to to build a company? Have you done this before? with others and will you do it again after say so has reached the heights you want it to <laughs> so i've been doing different um entrepreneurial things for most of my life so I, as a child of immigrant i had to start working fairly uh, early so i was 14 when i had a first job and i was actually working as interpreter so that, that was my first job but then I, I had multiple smaller businesses i also had my own boutique consultancy I definitely will do something entrepreneurial again. Uh, I don't know what. I don't know if I would uh, go and build another like, venture startup. I, I think I might go and do something in charitable foundation. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've been working as a court-appointed special advocate for foster children in San Francisco. I've been, I've been doing a lot of volunteering with animals as well. So like, this is kind of where my heart is. And, like say so is kind of close, like my mission and vision for say so is kind of close. I just wanted to make a bigger global impact to improve lives of many and that just help people communicate. And like, you know, like my pledge is if we go big and I hope we go uh, IPO, etc., etc. Like I'm thinking of, you know, like how many private jets one can have, you know, like I would I would spend a lot of this money on like helping people improve access to opportunities, like helping people get access to education, uh, clean water, like especially educating girls, you know, it's, it's very near and dear to my heart. So, so things like that. So I think like, we'll see how say so goes. Like I think my next gig is, is doing something good for the world, I hope. So uh, this is my first foray into it. As I said, I'm a recent college graduate and this has been an exhausting process. You know, we've been at it for a couple years now and we get a little bit closer each day, but it takes a little bit more out of you each day to get a little bit closer. So you've said you've done this multiple times and you know you're going to do it again, even though there's a, a pivot in the mission. How do you find the energy and the motivation to continue to build things, even after you've seen success or moved on from one? I don't know. Like, I... It's it's a feature. I I think like it's a character feature. It's like I I you know like I cannot stick long with things that I don't like doing. The things that I don't love. Like I think real life is meaningless without passion. So if you have something with passion, that it gets you up out of bed and drives you up. Like I work like really long hours, and I also have a young daughter. So my daughter is a year and a half. I had a I have a daughter when I started my startup, and you know like. I, I I have to sometimes decide if I spend extra hours working on, on the weekends or spend time with my daughter and like you know those are tough choices but like I, I really love my work and I think it has a purpose so it, it gets me up out of bed and then like going and doing things long hours so like, I, I think like, like always just finding a mission and something that is meaningful is driving I'm not like I don't I cannot work in any other way I mean like you have to go and make money right so like I don't know people tend to change those jobs that are only for money or they, they tend to just like compartmentalize, 
compartmentalize like people unhappy. Like I, I want to be happy at work. I believe people can be happy at work. It takes effort, but I think it's possible. If you were not in San Francisco, where would you be? I can. I have a clear answer to this. Berlin. Berlin is a place. Really. I love Berlin. Berlin what is it about place. Berlin? I mean, like, okay, I haven't been in Berlin for like a couple of years now, but like last time I've been and every other time I've been. So like Berlin is awesome. Like, first of all, it's like super cosmopolitan and international. People are smart. Everything is on time. Like, I love precision. Like things are like there is a schedule for the bus. And guess what? It comes exactly on schedule. Like most of the time there is like super good, like well-established infrastructure. Like you can use public transport. You don't have to be stuck in traffic if you don't want to. Then like, you know, like people speak English so you can, you can communicate. People speak German. There is like amazing club scene there, like a lot of dancing and like really cool museums and art. And yeah, I love the vibe of Berlin. It's also like Berlin is, is, relatively affordable so you can still like find decent housing and like things are walkable. Ghana, I only have a few more questions for you. So sure. who else is doing something similar or even close to what you're doing? Are there any supporting technologies or people like yourself who have these crazy cool ideas that are adjacent to yours? Uh, like you're asking for something similar is like really cool in speech or are you asking about like a better is? Either. Whichever one you'd like for me to know about. If you don't want to give your competitors any shine, that's fine I, with me too. So, okay, I have competitors. I'm not going to give them a shine of the day. Uh, let them, you know, have their own interviews. <laughs> or not. <laughs> or not. And then, like, cool things in speech. So, like, I see, like, really... So, I'm not going to, like, pick and choose companies and name the companies. But, like, I, I can tell you what I see that I, I like about speech. So, like... There's a lot of like really cool tech coming in like natural sounding speech synthesis. So like people can create um, podcasts, or people can create like voiceovers that generated by AI that that have like perfect voice, perfect intonation. It sounds really really natural and conversational. And I like this technology because I think it will be like really big for educational use cases, and it will help us to to like spread education faster. I think it's like a really big problem in education. Uh, it, it, it's, it makes it harder for many students. So that's kind of like one thing that I like. And then like, I see that like really cool things that AI is getting progressively smarter. So I think we're very close to inflection point where AI is getting like, you know, we were using speech technologies for driving cars and like doing Google search, et cetera, et cetera. So like, Right now, we will be able to do much more with speech technologies soon. And like actually, because speech AI is getting there. And I think like SISO will be also a big part of it because we can enable people to use speech technologies better because we can adjust it to their voice and to their like, speaker characteristics. But like AI itself is incredibly, uh, it's moving incredibly fast now. And what else? And I also like those tools that do emotion detection and speech. There are a couple of interesting things that are coming up and they do emotion detection during live conversations. So you can have a coach, for example, who is speaking like very 
monotonously or like you're not to a beat that it can give you prompt on your screen while you call others so like it can guide you like how to modulate your tone of voice and speech so it's cool i think like it will help people to be more charismatic and it's kind of like educational also for people like improving their skills but yeah like, i think those are the main ones that i was like looking at recently that seemed impressed <laughs> so five ten years from now you know somewhere down the line in the future when you are giving your ted talk or when you are presenting at the cnet conference and say so is the biggest thing on the planet who are you saying thank you to for being there with you during these foundational elements of it oh like uh like always to my family right so like we don't exist in the void so like there are people who support us and like help us and like make a cup of tea sometimes late at night and like bring you a blanket <laughs> when you are like sitting there at like 11 48 and talking to like somebody from another continent <laughs> like 11 38 p.m or like 48 or whatever time it is um so yeah like definitely my family like definitely my life partner uh yeah like my nanny the nanny that takes care of my child when i work <laughs> Yeah, like my, all my advisors, like I guess, yeah, like, and and my incredible team. So like I would be nothing without my team, and and uh, really all kudos and respect to them. All right, and the last thing I've got for you is this is the moment where the floor is yours. Tell us one more thing everybody needs to know about Say So, and then where we can find more information about you and Say So. Ah, okay. I need to think on this one for a sec. So like, I think like one, one thing you need to know about Say So is that we think accents are beautiful and unique and like, we want to empower you to understand people easier and we want you to be you and we want you to sound clear and like that that's something important that you need to know. You can find us on www.sayso.ai and yeah, you can track our progress or, or see what, what we're doing, what we're launching, uh, visit us there. And like, also one, one thing I want to say, so right, I, um, I was born in Ukraine, so right now Russia invaded Ukraine and there is active war going on. A big shout out to all entrepreneurs and small and big and startups. And if you're looking for freelancers, Please give it a thought to try to hire Ukrainian freelancers and Ukrainian contractors because impact of war is really devastating economically. There are so many people displaced. Uh, there are many women displaced who are mothers who have children and they need to provide for their families. Um, please give it a thought to give priority in your hiring to refugees if you can. There are many skilled people in IT with all different variety of UX skills and and other things. So so check it out. People are posting on LinkedIn. Careful because many Russian websites, developer shops, just like pretending they're from Ukraine and they changed everything. So like do a little bit of background research, do your due diligence, but like please hire Ukrainians. This is something you can do if you're thinking like, if you're feeling powerless and you think, what can I do? Like this is something you can do that makes really good impact and tangible, uh, intangible way changes people's lives for better. I had two family members living in Ukraine. Uh, one of them is still in Ukraine, like one of the very old elderly members is still in Ukraine, like another family member is, is evacuated in, in Germany right now. So like, 
um, thankfully we made it with like support of volunteers um, across two countries basically. So like that, that big thank you for that. Um, but then like honestly, you you can help. So like I donated a lot of my savings to refugees and like people need you know cash donations are really good actually because families and people need money to buy groceries and to to get on with their life their livelihoods are destroyed in many cases and then like if you if you have non-profits you can support so there are like lists of non-profits you can support for helping refugees like you can support doctors without borders it's a really good cause to support doctors without borders so like yeah please put a little bit of salt like it's not easy with prices of fuel going up etc i know it impacts people's budget but if you have anything you can give and you feel comfortable and you want to give please consider giving to ukrainian people ghana it has been a pleasure it's lovely to meet you and i hope that we get to do this again soon after you guys have launched in late fall or whenever you've got a little bit of free time maybe we can do this again and catch up Thank you. That was great. I really enjoyed talking to you and I wish you all the best of success in in whatever you do personally and with the show. So thank you for having me again. Thanks for hanging out with us this week. You heard Ghana, Tim Co, founder and CEO of Sayso. According to Ghana, keep your eyes open. You'll see Sayso out everywhere. Early Q3 this year. Links to her website, LinkedIn. You can find in the show notes. If you, you know, find a little time in between reading about Ghana Temco and all the cool things she's trying to do with Sayso, you can follow us at www.relay.us on all socials at underscore relay and make sure if you haven't found a way to make yourself more aware find some resource to tell you about what's going on in ukraine and then use that as an impetus to stay up to date with what's happening in the world if we don't pay attention they slip the bad shit right by us nobody will be any the wiser so stay aware and stay vigilant do what you can to help the people that are closest to you That's all time I got for you this week. Hope I see you again soon.